so welcome back to 304 BB Hits. We left off on the last segment. Uh, for those of you that may be just tuning in, or it's early, I know, but you'll come back. I know we have a lot of listeners on demand, so that's okay with me. And that's the reason of a podcast is so that you could download it and listen to it later. At your convenience. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we were talking about Dick Gregory. And for those of you who don't know who Dick Gregory is, he's a black man for one. And um, he's a very passionate and he's done a lot of changes and he's a social reformer. He's extremely old and he's been involved in politics and he was with Martin Luther King all across the board. And he's very liberal and very outspoken. And um, that address I was talking about in 2011 is the Black State of the Union address with Dick Gregory. Um, very, very influential man and very educating at that. So go ahead and check him out if you don't know who he is already. Um, now, let's talk about this for a second because a lot of people have been telling me I'm black. And it's not that um, oppression recognizes oppression. Real recognizes real. Okay? And I identify with oppression because I come from the same projects as a black man. I come from the same world as a black man, as an immigrant into this country um, many decades ago, a few fucking generations back. Um, we come from a long line of uh, outlaws, the Cole Younger Gang, the Fords, um, down from the um, and Montana mines with the Czechoslovakian immigrants. Our oldest relative, who just died not too long ago, probably about 10 years now, was in his 90s, Uncle George, and he was straight Czechoslovakian. That man would go get a wife every time a wife would die. He had three of them that died <laughs> in his 99 years, okay? When was he, 92, 93 when he died? Something like that. So in his 93 years or so, uh, 90 years, you guys, 90 fucking years, amen to people who make it to 110, because I would love to make it a fucking century. Do you know how much you would know in a fucking hundred years? How much you would see, how see much the change. change, and they rolled with it. I sold <coughs> furniture to ladies that was coming in in their 90s, and you wouldn't even know it, they were so happy, <coughs> and just knew so much, and they just welcomed and loved all the changes, and anyway... Um, he was straight Czechoslovakian, and he would go and get a wife every time one of them would pass on. So where we come from is that dirty level, because unfortunately, everybody needs a target. And unfortunately, yes, white men, they taught um, early 19th century women uh, and early 20th century women, late 19th century, I'm sorry, the late 1800s into the early 1900s, when we were all in that whimsical uh, era where you think they're running around in pretty uh, petticoats and uh, nice Victorian gowns, um, that they could not date the Irish or the Italian. No, dear, you cannot marry the Irish, the Italian, or the Negro because they are colorful people. And we are straight, straight fucking Irish roots, 100% mixed in with that uh, Czechoslovakian. Well, you are. You're Irish, I'm Polish, and German. Well, mom's side is what I was talking about. She's not, it's not Irish. Your dad it's is Irish. It's Czechoslovakian. Yeah. It's an immigrant after the fact. Yeah, well, we're all immigrants. They thought that, well, I know, but I'm <laughs> saying the first line, what they mean by American-born is those first English lines of families that established those plantations, established that shit. We didn't have none of that. We straight came with the potato famine in the 1800s. Yeah. So we're not... Um, 
if you, Rachel actually, her family has a book, the Moy, from her father's side. Now, yes, on my father's side, we had a straight Irish man who married a straight Ch- Cherokee squaw. <laughs> <laughs> and then my family. McAllister. McAllister, yeah. And then my last name, uh, originally ancient Chinese, Moy in origins, but um, my father was mostly German and uh, a little bit of Indian little bit of Asian, so... If you want to give up into the world of diversity and understand humans as a whole, then you should really uh, research your genealogy. You would be really surprised. How the hell would Rachel know that she had Chinese people or Oriental descent in her blood? We always joked because her eyes are a little slanty. (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, because our father is straight... Her father, it ain't my father. He was my father for 22 years, though. Um... It's blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell he had any Asian in him at all. Um, But me, you can sort of see it. The high cheekbones. And the uh, small uh, almond eyes. And the nose structures. (laughs) But um, that's beside the point. We are all... uh, The United States is a melting pot. Pot. That's the point. We are many things. Most of us are many things. Even if you appear white, you're not... You are many. And here's what I say. Many things. You're not just white. You are Polish. You are German. You are... All um, of these people... That's right. All of these people attacking our country, shooting up Fort Lauderdale, shooting the gay clubs, fucking shooting the schools, shooting the churches, blowing up the fucking um, Oklahoma City bombing, shooting JFK, fucking attempted assassination on Ronald Reagan. Those were American-born, disgruntled citizens. Not some outside terrorist organization. 9-11 was not some outside terrorist organization. It was not way for the United States to monopolize the fucking nuclear game and the oil. Point blank. Yeah. No one comes and tells us about our massive arms of destruction. Um, we, I think uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker were not too far off with that Team America world police fuck shit. Yeah. We really That's fuck what yeah, I think we're the world police. And All we have no right, no real right. Um, what makes us better than them? Nothing. We say that we have freedom. Look at where we are now. Who has freedom is the people who has the money in their pocket. Not even a millionaire has freedom, buddy. The rest of us, somebody. Yeah, we're limited. Everyone is limited, Um, and the sooner we see that, and it isn't this fucking country was built. Now, do I think that there's a regulation that should be going on? Yes, but here's what I'm saying to you: these people are not taking your job. You, as an American citizen, are not going out and getting a job. You are sitting on your couch watching the news and complaining about a group of folks just so you can feel involved. And, and it's really self-entitled. You think that it's owed to all you, of us that you don't have this. to work for it. And that is bullshit. We should all work for the things that we want in life. We shouldn't be given or handed anything. And that's just because of envy. We see other people who work their ass off. Even I've done it. When I was being a poor kid in school and you see the rich kids and you blame them for what their parents worked for. It isn't their fault that they were given this opportunity. They were born into it. It isn't our fault that we were not given that opportunity. But here's the common thread. 
Now, they have to work just as hard as you do sometimes to get into school. If you let your emotions and disgruntlement and environment pull you down, which I have been there. I have allowed that to happen to me. But I realized very soon that I am in control of everything in my life. Everything. If I want it to be terrible, it's going to be terrible. If I want it to feel oppressed, it's going to be oppressed. If I want to take them telling me no the wrong negative way, it's going to ruin my day. And it's like reviews on TripAdvisor. (laughs) (laughs) If um, If I took everything that those people said, it would ruin my information that I'm conveying to my tourists. Because I would second guess myself. But I know that I can't make every person in the group happy. But I can only do for me and those that are willing to listen and be along with me. Overall. So, I don't know how we got into that. But that is true. Well, we can we're talking about oppression. diversity. We're yeah. talking about diversity, but we can let that oppression. And, and we both have mixed kids. And Shinny B is a black woman. And she's not even a black woman. She's a Spanish woman. Egyptian. And people automatically say, yeah, automatically. And her mother is an immigrant with a green card. And being in the hills of West Virginia has treated that woman so shitty because she makes such wonderful things from her culture, her food, to her clothing, to her designs. And she has such a wonderful flavor and and, and brilliance and just this beautiful culture that she's tried so many times to get Fairmont, West Virginia, to engage. And she comes from California. Um, she comes from Egypt and stuff like that, but, um, then she was in Mexico and then she came from Mexico with a green card into the United States when she was 15 years old. And she chose to follow a love over here to the mountains of West Virginia. And unfortunately, we're not as embracing in diversity as California always has been. And that's why, and I'm not praising California, they're fucked up too. But that's diversity is what drives an economy, <coughs> what drives the satisfaction of the community, is diversity. Diversity is strong. You see, like, look at the Magnificent Seven. You don't have fucking seven Denzel Washingtons <laughs> or seven fucking Asians or seven fucking Indians. You have one of each because together we are strong. Once again, we, unity. With diversity, unity, we are strong with the different cultures. Um, one's weakness is another's strength and, and connecting and yin and yang and, and supporting others. Their weaknesses, they can find strengths in others. Um... Here's a lesson. Fill in the void. The Tower of Babel is the evilest story that I can find in my heart. And I'm not attacking anything because we literally always reflect back on these fables. And you have to put it into the realm of mythology, folks. Okay? And I'm not saying debunk your spirituality. I'm saying these stories that have been tampered with over years no longer get any credibility. Okay. I mean, think it's about mythology, the... Gilgamesh, um, the story of the Book of the Dead, down to the Quran, down to the King James, down to the Jehovah Bible, the Mormon Bible. You cannot have all of these fables in a literal world, or stories, or fairy tales that seem so outlandish 
opposed to another man being spit out of an armpit is not the same is the same concept as somebody coming down digging out dirt and creating a man but think so, about this real quick think about that that experiment that most of us had to do in school that word of mouth experiment where yeah. you sit the whole class down telephone line uh, whatever you want to call it you sit the whole group of people down um, start on one end and tell have one person tell that person a message and then have them pass it word of mouth through the whole class or the whole group and see how it comes out on the other end it's always completely different from the first person to the last person because word of mouth is not reliable there's always one person who chooses to change or mishear or embellish or their perception is slightly different and they think it should be this way um if even from as many as 30 people down to as little as five there's always at least some differences and it's not trustworthy it might have started out as some kind of truth but didn't become that by the end right and they've removed and i'm not talking the book of enoch um and the dead sea scrolls and everything there were women writers there was stories of the Nephilims. There were stories of everything that you would capture in the old Sumerian text or the old Mayan text or Gilgamesh, the old <coughs> Arabic text. And, and I've been learning some or getting ready to kind of familiar myself with the Moors because I really have a fascination with the Persian army and just how. And here we're going to use the Persian and the Roman and the Lutheran acts and uh, constantine and king james and the crusades once again and play them into american um modern american politics what the republican party is doing because they haven't been in control for many many years is going to burn all that the democrats had sat for us you understand that and these most of these republicans once again are seniors who are unwilling to change and roll with those changes, okay? If the Rolling Stones can do it, you can do it. <laughs> I agree with that. And unfortunately, that is an example of non-unity. That is an example of people who don't really listen to other people's ideas they just have a big dick they want to see whose balls are larger they want to measure that shit and come all over it and fucking mess it all up and then put a new baby on there <laughs> that's pretty radical <laughs> metaphor but that's what it is in a man's world okay whose dick is bigger this is a man's world <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that is sad, and that is another reason why everybody, from Michael Moore to, once again, to everybody, is trying to um, do this resistance, this 100 days of resistance. This is important, all right? They don't, the people who are put in there, and you can't tell me, you Republicans and people who voted, that you 100% agree that um, we have the money to pay for the things that they want to do. Build a wall. Do I feel like there needs reform in health care? Yes. Do you need to... A person... Here's a prime example. Tim from fucking Virginia. The Virginia senator. Let me find his name. Because I'm going to talk about something here with this health care. Now, um, this affects more people than just fucking single parents with 20 fucking kids, okay? Social security, for one. All right. 
The shit we pay into. Yes, is a right. It's a right. It's a right. It's a right. It's a right to health care. So here's what they say. Tim Kaine, the senator of Virginia, he's a Democrat. He went around and talked across all the states and was talking about people. He came across a woman who was a single mother. She had a small business, and um, she made $45,000 a year. And she was being charged like six to $800 to insure herself and her two children. When she could find something, her name's Ashley Hawkins. Then the Affordable Care Act. See, a lot of people want to say Obamacare, Obamacare. And right there, you're already setting up a stigma for people to turn their ears off just because they have related negativity to the word association, folks. Okay, it's common fucking association. Human behavior. You learn this. You just have to recall this, okay? So associating Obama with care automatically says, fuck that. Fuck it. If you say the Affordable Care Act brought this woman's insurance for her and her two kids making $40,000 a year with no government assistance, has her own small business, to $288 a month, that is why we have Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, folks. That's not enough. If you diminish this, if these Republican Party goes in there and takes this away, this offers, now I'm going to tell you, this offers your elite team 53% tax break. Did you know that every Christmas present these motherfuckers buy is a tax write-off at the end of the year? Do you feel like that's right? Do you feel like it's, do you get a tax write-off for the presents that you were just struggling to give your kids so they can have a nice Christmas? No. No, we fucking don't. Why? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you what, my income, my household between three working adults probably pushes almost sixty-five to 70000 a year. And that still isn't even enough. And we only have five kids. Seven every once in a while, but basically, that's it. Now, there's a lot of people because they can't afford. If you go ahead and do away with this Affordable Care Act, we don't have the minimum wage to support the insurance that you're trying to fucking offer us. Because you chose. Now, here's what it comes down to. Your American dream. Not everyone's American dream is to go into the education and slave and be paid. I got caught up in that dream and it fucking bit me in the ass because it's a no-win situation. I even uh, blocked a friend in the early years before I began to really understand the grand scheme of things because he told me and I didn't want to hear it. I said, you just don't want to, you're just never happy. You're Peter Pan. But I'm going to tell you what. It's the greatest fucking scheme next to the pharmaceuticals and the consumers and the GMOs and the engineering that um, it's wrong. Deep down inside, it's fucking wrong and you're living in a fucking clouded existence of shit if you believe there isn't something wrong. 
I don't know the answers. I don't know. That's why it takes us, our peers, right now, because we're the ones that recognize the change to get together to understand an idea of how we can push forward into a world. We know, for one, we don't want this dirty fucking energy. You're only strapped and bound by a job because you chose not to go into education. No. You should be able to use your work, your knowledge, your apprenticeship of fucking fixing cars, of welding, of whatever have you, to push towards fucking wind binds, high fucking hydroelectricity, fucking more of a sustainable fucking right. These in in, in say the word for me. Cuz I'm on a rambling spree. I'm sorry. And you and you I don't know. Ingenuity? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Ingenuity. I'm sorry that happens to me sometimes. Brain fart. Um and innovation. We have people who are hands-on people. We have people who are book smart. And if that's, I mean, you could take all these case scenario TV shows right now and apply it to real-world situations. Because what it's, the ultimate lining theme is the younger population taking out the old metaphorically through an apocalypse, what have you, and reestablishing newness, new ideas, a new world. Will some people die? Probably. But everybody else is doing it. That's one thing that we cannot avoid as a whole, the human race. We are all going the to die whole world eventually. Is under oppression from these few yeah, let's just say it, let's call it what it is, the United Nation police. Okay? The whole fucking world is under oppression right now. The whole world is fucked up, okay? They're fucking engineering the climate in real life. You can find that information yourself. It is coming into the fiscal year of 2017 where the Senate is once... They are proposing to our Senate to pay for this fucking um, genocide of the human race, people. Ultimately, so they can play with their fucking tools and little gadgets and fuck us up. They don't want you. They don't want you. They don't want you. They don't want me. They don't want anybody. They just want us to believe. It really, truly is fucking Neo in the Matrix. What did that man tell Neo at the end of the Matrix? The Oracle. It's just going to keep repeating. We always put somebody in like you. It's a system program format. So people don't get restless and bored. Isn't that the ultimate gist of it? They did the same thing in um, Polaris, I think. And another thing about geoengineering, another thing, I was on either Hulu or Amazon. Real briefly, there was this movie of about a train circling the Earth um, for hundreds of years because they engineered the climate and there was a fucking ice age and nobody could live out there because it was too cold. And on the train, you had every level of class down to the fucking poor people in the fucking lowest level eating shit bricks. Because we can live off of algae. You can grow that and eat it, and we can live. That was the manna machine, I guarantee you, that fucking fed Moses in the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's that's end of Slick Rick there. What do you think, Rach? <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree on most. I think, I I don't know. You don't want me to lay in on the manna machine. I would say watch Ancient Aliens. I love Ancient um, Aliens. <laughs> That's my response to that. But anyway, um, yes, oppression I see is the common theme with her little rant and is also a common theme here in the book that we are reading. Go figure. It's called Secret Societies uh, Inside 
the world's most notorious organizations, John Lawrence Reynolds. Uh, the intro was pretty much just, you know, getting your feet wet, letting you know that even Christians were a secret society at one point in time, uh, considered disloyal to Rome if they refused to worship the fucking emperor. So even they had to had to be secretive uh, for their religion in the beginning, which made them con technically a secret society. They thought that because the Christ back then, if you had produced a child that you didn't want to take care of, you could just set it out in the cold and let it starve to death and die. Wow. If you did not want it. Like that a was child like a bad anything. If, if you, you didn't have the money children. to feed it, if How you had too many Gretel was about that. Yeah, so you could set the child out on the step and, and, and let it die. So they the Romans the people, because Christians were willing to take these misfits that weren't their children, they had no reason to want them and 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 raise them. Uh, they thought that they were had to be eating them. So there was this. <laughs> so there was this. It must rumor. have been during a time of no food, of severe drought, poverty, hard, yeah, not strong. enough money to where it was legal to set kingdom, children out to yeah, die. The kingdom rather you kill your children than feed you. Yeah, you hear this. So. This is so still Christ the same today. <laughs> and this was Christians. This is a is is a religion that, that is well known and established today. We have the fucking Vatican. The ones wants to kill all the gays. They're the ones that's in the Republican Party Aside right now. Aside from that, they're I'm, the Crusaders. I'm just saying a well known and still prominent religion back then was considered a secret society because of a, a power which was Rome and at that time decided that. They were eating. Then. Well, no, decided that it, it was disloyalty to Rome because they were worshipping someone other than the emperor. It's oppression. Right there, oppression of the Christian religion. Uh, there was also a bunch more and rumors. in the end out of oppression. Yeah, and that's what revolt and most things are. It's out, It's a response to being oppressed and not being allowed to, to worship Even. whom you want or believe in what you want um, without being attacked or penalized or and that's why we came here and we attacked as soon as we got on board of this country but that was we didn't know any better that was the introduction into this secret society it was just telling it was just getting your feet wet even letting you know that something like even something like christianity was considered a secret society at one point in time there were other rumors surrounding it uh Aside from the the baby's cannibalism, there were also reports of incest and orgies, um, all kinds of things. And that was out of fear of what they did not understand or know, which is the root of all oppression, in my opinion, is fear yeah. of which a lack of understanding or That's even willingness to understand. because of fear. As myself getting older and I see these young kids throwing around the term lit as the same term as cool. And I'm like, lit means that I was fucked, fucked up. Fucked up on some <laughs> drugs. How so, does lit and, mean and, cool now? Or even now? the music or how they're on their phone. Yes, I fear this. I have this fear, sort of, or this offstandishness to their, their fucking generation. Because it's not that I don't understand. And I've, no, it is. I don't understand. I find it petty. But hey, whatever. I can't just say, no, kid, don't do that. I can only say, that's cool for you. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I'm over here in the real world, and I, they see 
Honestly. And I'm sure that's what these old fucks think about us, but that's besides the point. And millennials are upset. They're crying in real life, you guys. They're upset. They're afraid that you're going to destroy their earth before they have a chance to. They're literally, these kids are literally out there cleaning up, making machines to clean the plastic that we put in there. Yeah. Crying over eating their chickens, you know, refusing the medicine because they see their fucking parents on drugs, their grandparents on drugs. They don't even smoke cigarettes because they see. They see. And I can see it with my kids. And if we don't allow them this opportunity, we're fuckers. We are really, really fuckers. And we're all going to hell in your imaginary hell. We're going to go there if you don't stop it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so aside from imaginary hell. <laughs> you're uh, in <laughs> solitary hell. Okay. So, yeah, the intro was just letting you know that Roman... Even Christians were crucified by Rome in the beginning. Now, the first chapter, it's called The Assassins. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. Uh, (laughs) Now, the Assassins were a group of people uh, in 1191 AD is the time period. Uh, I'll start with the slaughter of Conrad. (laughs) Conrad of Montferrat. Uh, <laughs> so he was he was campaigning for uh, Richard the Lionhearted. You might know him from the Robin Hood tales. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this is why you don't know Conrad <laughs> because a group of what he thought was Christian monks came into his encampment one night. And uh, throwing up the cross symbols, letting them know they were devout Christians. When him and his men let their guard down, these three monks uh, pulled daggers out from their cloaks and chopped him up, brutally killed him. (laughs) Brutally killed him. Sliced Conrad to pieces. Now, what was so odd about this encounter was the three monks did not try to escape. They simply pretty much put their hands up and let let the guards get them. Uh, then they were filleted and roasted alive without any kind of resistance. They had accepted their fate. And that was odd to Conrad's group of Christians. They had never encountered anything like this before. A devotion, so strong. That, a devotion willing to die for a cause. Now, we had Christians that people, kill other people for their cause. Yeah, we have, in, in the Christian religion, we have One people, wi- uh, people willing to die for honor or loyalty or for to beliefs crown. to a, a certain agenda, but we didn't ha- necessarily have anyone willing to die for a single leader or a single cause, kamikaze like that. Other it was Jesus never Christ. done, just war. Just Jesus Christ was the only person who died for anybody. Yeah, um, and... We know the Christians, Joe not all of them. died for, so for God. But, um, <laughs> they burned that bitch alive, okay? And all the way she said so, God told me. Um, and then she really did lead armies and shit. Oh, I know. On I a love print, that on, a, on a vision. Um, but anyway, 
So it also, it's pretty much a history lesson. Even if you're not into conspiracy theories or secret societies, this is still a good read because it does give you um, history and history. facts. It's not just... Um, you should study things. Conspiracies. You should always be open to new facts and ideas without... Um, you don't even have to be influenced by the conspiracy part of this read if you don't want to. Uh, so it then goes into... Henry, the uh, Count of Champagne, and his encounter with Day El Kabar. I don't know if I'm uh, saying that correctly. Oh, Dai, a Muslim. Day El Kabar. Day El Kabar, Muslim leader. Uh, now, it was his. During his encounter in what's modern day Quran, back then it was uh, the rugged mountains of Alborz, north of Tehran. <laughs> Which is modern-day Iran. We'll just say Iran. So his encounter back then in Iran, um, Henry is a Christian man, encountered with this Muslim man. No. I know he's not. That's what Christians would probably believe. They really did. Anyway, that's because they demonize what they don't understand. But anyway, that's another story. It was a magic spell. Um, So that just then goes into um, his (laughs) encounter with this man. This man in his luxurious castle, he pretty much forces Henry um, to come in and, and, and look at his magnificent castle. If he would have refused, it would have been, um, you know, it would have been all bad. It would have been, this would have been uh, offensive. So he goes into Day al castle. He's showing him around. He sees all these men dressed in white robes on the towers, looking down, smiling and waving at their leader and guest as they walk through. And then uh, Deh Kabar says, (laughs) um, he says, these men obey me far better than the subjects of Christian will obey their masters. And then his example to back up what he just said, what he with a wave of a hand, one of the monks or one of the men up not monks, sorry, that was the wrong term. One of the men in robes on the tower jumped and fell to their death. You ever seen Game of Thrones? Or Conan the Fur Barbarian, <laughs> the first one. Yeah. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Um, it's pretty much the same concept or story, even if you w- want to go that far, because it had to start somewhere, right? Yeah, and modernly, if you don't know the old Conan, so in an episode of Game of Thrones, um, the uh, little blonde girl with the dragons goes to get the Unsullied army. And the master, the Unsullied, is they've had their, you know, they've brought them as boys, they t- you know, whipped them into, they're like the ultimate soldier. They cut off their manhood, everything. And they're the Unsullied. So, and he walked up to one and he said, this is how much power I have over her, and chopped the nipple off of one. And he didn't even flinch. Oh. This is a really good show. Wow. Khaleesi. That's who it was. Dionysus. Or wow. Dionysus. Yeah, or pretty or much Dionysus same thing. They, the Christians had never really known anything like that. Power. And that, um, and that's, I think that arises out of the, um, the Moors and the Persian army. Before the, and this is pre-Crusade, so this is before the Crusades. This had is before the Crusades, out. and this um, it just leads from there. This encounter, um, Rome actually Dad stole all these Kobar says, by means of these trusty servants, I rid our society of its enemies, and out of that 
came the Assassins, this group that um, was really only technically in power for about 100 years, but is believed to be the inspiration for more modern um, secret or not-so-secret anymore groups such as Al-Qaeda, which is what Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda, um, what, yeah, no, uh, which is what this leads into. And then it gives you a history lesson on the Muslim religion, Muhammad, um, the, the factions and how even the Muslim religion is divided, which Just I like wasn't... Just like the Christian religion is divided into, into factions, denominations, same factions, fucking same thing. Um, uh, but... Because y'all are fucking nuts. It doesn't matter. You're fucking believing in a fucking mythological <laughs> fucking books. But it just gives you, uh, yeah, me personally, I'm not religious. Um, I think it's a shame I'm that a spiritual person, the but human I'm not necessarily a religious species is so religious. But anyway, it's that's not. another story. So, yeah, it just gives you a history came down lesson. And fucked with us. That's why. And, we are always um, trying to get to somewhere because we don't belong here. That's the first. We are the Nephilim, the hybrid. I think it's really, really interesting. Even, like I said, even if you don't believe in any conspiracy theories, or, I mean, it doesn't matter. This is still facts that you can look up. And this it's a very is, simple book. It's not written um, in any a Any cryptic of, Yeah, it's not a very way. large book. It's very it's straightforward. straightforward. Straight to the point. It starts in. Yeah. The briefings, and then you can kind of formulate or leaves it open questions for you to research more. Yeah. There's a lot of YouTube. Actually, this is a, a YouTube, um, I think. As they were in Hassan's time, there's three major characteristics. Um, okay, psychiatrist Robert J. Lifton in his book, Thought Reform and the Psychology of Totalism outlines three primary characteristics of secret societies that are as effective today as they were in Hassan's time, um, which you can read in the book about him. They are the following. A charismatic leader who becomes an object of worship when the general principles that originally sustained the group lose their power. Trump. Two, a process such as Coercive persuasion, coercive persuasion, or thought reform. Media. Three, <laughs> economic, sexual, and other forms of exploitation of group members by the leader and ruling cohorty. Hollywood. There's your three principles for the Western culture. Trump. For the thought the reform, media. <laughs> totalism, and totalism, Hollywood. get it right, <laughs> totalism. So, I mean, there's much more than just theories, it's facts, and, and what led up to these theories, what like, gives them sustenance now, um, and merit. I think it's very interesting read, and you guys should definitely get on board with that, Secret Societies. By John Lawrence Reynolds. Yeah, oppression is the common theme in all of this. She said it. That's what made me uh, go into this. <sighs> all right, so we have about six minutes left. Oh, gonna I'm going to go <coughs> on to a lighter subject. Okay. Fact. A science fact for our hour and a half broadcast. Broadcast. <laughs> so most people think that we, we sweat out fat, we burn it off, or it converts into muscle. This 
is not technically true. This isn't the case. Uh, we've recently realized and discovered that it converts into triglycerides in our lungs. Um, triglycerides are carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, uh, which are stored in the blood lipids of our fat cells. Mucus. And then we, in order to uh, lose weight, we have to activate the carbon and release that in order to breathe it out um, and lose weight. So An alkaline diet. Uh, Let's just say that for a human for a human to lose 10 kilograms of fat requires inhalation of 29 kilograms of oxygen, producing 28 kilograms of carbon dioxide and 11 kilograms of water. So simply put, out of the 10 kilograms, 8.4 kilograms are, exha are exhaled into carbon dioxide. That's what we exhale through good breathing and exercise. Now, only 1.6 kilograms actually becomes water and is, 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 and is excreted out as urine, feces, sweat, things like that. It's only 1.6 out of 10 kilograms. So that's a very small amount, and it's, most of it is exhaled out. So you think that um, breathing more could be the answer to the problem, right? No. It's not. That'll just make you hyperventilate, which is very, very bad. Uh, work on your breathing. <laughs> work on your breathing. You have to actually do physical stimulus to um, to naturally naturally make you breathe harder and work that off. You Cardio. can't just sit there and breathe more because that's not going to work. You have to do the work. Breathe more. Breathing is very important. This is why breathing is so important. And actually. relaxing is important, which I need to teach myself. Yes, so I just wanted to let you know that little tidbit, a uh, little bit of um, less depressing information. We'll get back to you. That'll be parts of our organic segment. And like I mentioned, all of us are going to come on board to start doing that, and we might even be broadcasting that through Channel 19. So um, be sure to tune in to both areas as we um, reach out to you from the undergrounds of Fairmont, West, West Virginia. Virginia. You got a song to lead us out? We got three minutes. Yes, yes. I do. Give me one moment. This is 304 BB Hitch, Jim in the Mountain, hashtag Rachel Moy, hashtag Slim Rick, Red. Red. Slim Red, <laughs> Slick Rick. 304 <laughs> hashtag 304 B. I have a bunch of names. BB Hitch, Shinny, Shinny B. Reach hashtag out, shout Shinny out to B. her. Follow us on social platforms. I'm going to play you some Gaga. I know it's been rock for the first half, but here's a little something new. She's going to do the Super Bowl show. She's awesome. Here we go. Million reasons. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go. You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show. You're giving me a million reasons. Give me a million reasons. Giving me a million reasons. About a million reasons. If I had a highway, I would run for the hills. Find a dry way out forever, be still. But you're giving me a million reasons. Give me a million reasons. Giving me a million reasons. About a million reasons. I